WXRWLP Milwaukee. Welcome into another Friday edition of Top of the Key. I am Stefan, joined by, joined as always by Justin Engelbart himself. Yes, he is here in the flesh, changing his headphones as we go. Always, those always ones issues. weren't working. There's always something, Martin. Always something. Yeah, that has been. We had the issue last week where we our episode wasn't recorded, so we yeah. did not get to hear ourselves on air this week. We're it not slamming anybody though. We're sorry, Martin. It's not that serious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. So we are Top of the Key Sports. This is River West Radio, 104.1 FM, Milwaukee. And we are here on Friday. Every Friday. Every Friday, 10, 10 to 11. We missed one so far, but that's pretty good ratio. That is pretty good, yeah. Every once the in a while, show must go on when you're yeah, here. Yeah, that is true. Something comes up every <laughs> once in a while. Uh, you can find us on, um, you can find, if you're not listening, obviously on the radio, you can listen online at riverwestradio.com slash live. Or have your smart speaker play Riverwest Radio, or find us on iTunes. Has uh, iTunes is a good one. It's got all of your, all of our stuff on there. Subscribe to that. Get, leave us some please, feedback. Please, please give us some reviews. Uh, five star reviews. Maybe like an actual like comment too is pretty nice. Yeah, I would like comments it's a good Christmas more as like a feedback as uh, what we could maybe even do better because we know we can do better always. Well, I don't I don't mind if they just <laughs> say you guys are super great and we love you because that's yeah, awesome. that works too. We'll <laughs> take we'll take all the compliments we can get. It's no bad stuff. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash top of the key podcast on Twitter as well. Yeah, we got to put more stuff up on that Facebook. Yeah, everywhere we need. We need more of a presence. Maybe we'll get that this Christmas, more presence. More for, oh, good one. Dun, 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 oh, everybody dun. liked that one. All right, so <laughs> we are going to start this week in the NFL. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on with my Raiders, actually, so I want to get into some of that. We did talk some of the, about some of the stuff on the podcast. So some of them. Um, we just want to briefly recap a couple things, and then there was some new stuff that happened, and then we'll talk a, a little, stuff this week. little NBA uh, to fit that in again. We yeah, wanna, we'll wanna have to chat about it for a little while. Chat about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the Oakland Raiders, like I said, there's a lot happening. First, the Raiders are being sued now by the city of Oakland. We all know that the Raiders are planning to move to Las Vegas in 2020. They do not have a lease next year Can right I ask you now a question? in Oakland. Yeah, go ahead. Do they have 2020 vision about this situation? It doesn't look, like it. <laughs> doesn't look like it. <laughs> they pulled their $7.5 million offer to the OCO Coliseum to play their next season. So currently they do not have an offer on the table to play in Oakland. And Mark Davis has said that all options are apparently available on deck, although he does not or would prefer not to play on artificial turf, which is where... They'd have in to do San that Antonio. In, yeah. There's a couple other places. It's possible maybe they could Las share, Vegas? share the Niners stadium next year for a year, which is maybe what the two teams should have done to begin with. Oakland's pretty close to San Fran, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the, the stadium that they built is in Santa Clara, so it's about an hour south of San Francisco. But even still, it would have kept the Raiders in the area. They could have done what the Giants and the Jets do. Yeah, California you know, is losing that. all these... Well, they're not really than all these football teams, but <laughs> they just got two a lot other of drama. Ones. Yeah, two other ones moved there. The uh, well, I guess uh, yeah, only one they're gonna lose, but uh, they gained the Rams and they're gonna lose the Raiders. So there'll still be three with the Chargers there as well. 
They'll move That's into uh, the Kroenke Center whenever that is completed. But the Raiders are being sued by the city of Oakland. Uh, they still owe the city of Oakland about $80 million, apparently, for outstanding debt on the renovations to the OCO Coliseum. And I believe there's also parking fees and other things that they owe, so it's kind of crazy. Just uh, all kinds of ridiculous stuff. Yeah, Reggie McKenzie, their general manager, was fired. We talked about that on the podcast. He's sort of been the scapegoat, although... I kind of like the guy. I watched a couple interviews with him. Seems like a nice... He was a good GM, but I think once John Gruden got that 10-year, $100 million, you knew John Gruden was going to be in charge, and I just don't know what McKenzie's job was going to be. And actually, they initially just relieved him of his general manager duties and basically told him, like, they could keep him on in some other kind of capacity, and he just said, you know, kick rocks and wanted to get fired so he could get paid, you know. You know what that seems like to me? 2021, I think. It just seems like a poorly run organization. Well, I think Mark Davis came out and said now basically Gruden's running the show. That Yeah, but he should have been since the beginning everything. of the year, right? Right. I mean, and we all knew he ever was. Ever since, like I said, ever since Gruden was hired, I figured McKenzie was not long. Writing was on the wall. Yeah, exactly. So it said that wasn't Gruden's su- gonna be super surprising, but there was something happening with with Mark Davis admitting that John Gruden was running the show. It is now being reported Amari Cooper came out and said that it wasn't John Gruden didn't know about the trade that was going to happen to send Amari Cooper to the Dallas Cowboys for that first round. How pick. did he not know about the trade? And it said it sounds like General Man- Manager General Reggie McKenzie. Excuse oh, me. Oh, he did. It, he kind of pulled it behind. He his didn't want to. No, he didn't want to make the deal. And Mark Davis, the owner, came in and overruled overruled both of them. This sounds like some of these to get that first signatures of a bad. This reminds me of like the Bucks a couple years ago when you would hear about like ownership interfering. The three different owners wanted different players and like different coaches, and the GM like doesn't do anything, and like yeah. the president is involved some for some reason. At least Mark Davis has one vision. I don't know how good of a vision that is. He doesn't seem to be obviously his father, who had run the franchise very well for you know fifty years basically. Made them into the team you love. Yeah, even now. although they moved back and forth, and he threatened a lot of things in moving, and they always were a California team to me. But I always said if they're going to move anywhere outside of the the state. Vegas is a, a prime spot. It still fits with that sort of very West Coast kind West, of vibe. Yeah. yeah, you know, thing. But yeah, apparently Mark Davis overruled both of them and sent Amari Cooper. Originally, it was reported that they were only getting offers for first round picks in the 2020 draft and not the 2019 draft. So they didn't want to make that move and have it be um, that late. So they decided to wait. And Jerry Jones made the offer of a first round pick in the 2019 draft. So they decided to pounce on that. It was a good haul for Amari Cooper. Most people were shocked at the time, but now everyone is now seeing how, so good. how talented Amari Cooper actually is. And it brings up questions about John Gruden and his offensive scheme. They came out and said, you know, basically Mark Davis was talking about how he just didn't fit into John Gruden's scheme. That's a quick quick question for you. So, yeah. You you always knew he was that talented, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, he was the number As four a overall fan. pick for a reason. He He's gotten a few big lucky plays so far this year where he's had these just like really long touchdowns that are sort of an anomaly but to me he was never going to be like a dominant wide receiver in the game he's had a couple big games as a cowboy and he had a couple big games as a raiders but he also disappeared a lot uh, and he just to me he he wasn't on that top tier level he's at least you know a peg below that you know he's not odell julio antonio brown aj green Etc. DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae. Put him in like, like the Josh Gordon category. Yeah, I mean, 
it's tough because Josh Gordon has been out of football for so long, so it's kind of tough to compare. Josh Gordon, when he was, you know, he last, looked like he had last seen before this year, he mm-hmm. was the best receiver in football, and he had the worst quarterbacks in football throwing to him. And he led the, rec- led the league in Odell receiving, being Beckham. suspended the first two years. Or two games, excuse me, of the yeah. season. Uh, and now the Raiders get another blow. John Gruden's... Uh, or maybe Reggie McKenzie, we don't know who's making deals now, but they gave up a third-round pick in the 2018 draft to take Martavis Bryant. They moved back from 10 to 15 and picked up that extra third-round pick from the Cardinals and then sent that pick to the Steelers for Martavis Bryant. He has now been suspended indefinitely. Uh, He apparently violated his conditional reinstatement. He had been suspended in the 2016 season. He missed the entire season uh, due to substance abuse issues, and then... This season for Oakland, after they gave up that third-round pick, they released him after the preseason, then brought him back. It was a weird kind of move, though they probably just didn't want his salary guaranteed. Uh, but he had 19 receptions. Maybe they just want to play mind game with him. Yeah, they had 19 rece- he had 19 receptions this mm-hmm. year for 266 yards and zero touchdowns. So that's what they got out of that third-round pick. I hate whenever you get no touchdowns out of somebody. Like, give me one touchdown. Well, he only played in, I think, eight games, but the Raiders' pass offense has, was terrible this year, and Martavis Bryant didn't uh, didn't excel in the system. I don't know. He can't use – apparently John Gruden can't use Martavis Bryant. He can't use Amari Cooper. Jordy Nelson either can't play or they don't know how to use him either. I mean, I don't really know who fits into his system. I don't think anybody really works. At, does anybody look, like, especially good this year? Jared Cook. Jared Cook. Cook looks Cook. good for you? Jared Cook, yeah, that's it. Maybe like Mo Hurst on defense looks like a solid foundational, you know, rookie guy. I like Arden Key, but you know, who knows? No one really. It's a tough situation. Maybe Daryl Worley is a keeper, but the the Rooney Rule in the NFL. Moving on here, which also this might be uh, another Raiders to the Raiders. Yeah, the Rooney Rule uh, because of the hiring of John Gruden has been altered. The Rooney Rule is a rule that the NFL implemented. That stated that uh, for, I believe it was executive and coaching jobs, that teams had to interview at least one minority candidate for the job. And while this, again, gives minority candidates guaranteed interviews, it can also harm minority candidates' reputation if these interviews aren't serious and they... You like know, if they if get a keep, lot of interviews and don't get a job. Right. If you keep going out for these interviews and you don't get a job after four or five, six tries, it's going to look on your reputation. makes it look like you're reputation. bad at interviews. Right. And that's not necessarily true so so what happened with the Raiders was that they knew they were going to hire John Gruden and Mark Davis knew it they basically almost openly admitted that they violated the rule I mean they did in you know they did interview uh, two minority candidates one in-house and one uh, I forgot what uh, I think he was a tight ends coach somewhere and I'm totally forgetting but he didn't get they it. They didn't. Uh, they didn't. I mean, they didn't really comply with the spirit of the rule. They already yeah. knew they were hiring John Gruden. It was just like an interview that they had to do. And like I said, the the interview wasn't real. It wasn't. The job was never on the table for those people. And so that kind of, like I said, can harm the reputation of some of these people that are taking interviews. Though maybe it op- also could open the door to some of these coaches in the future to get them on the on the radar. So it does have some advantages and some disadvantages. But since the Ru- Raiders violated it, and um, the NFL has now altered and slightly changed the rule. The rule now states that you have to interview at least one minority candidate also outside of your organization. Not only inside your organization, but now outside. Uh, so that helps, I guess, you know, maybe open the box for some of these other 
minority candidates. Let me that ask are co- you a question. Yeah, go ahead. Is the are the majority of uh, coaches uh, Caucasian in the NFL? NFL? Yeah. Like, uh, how, what percentage is it really pretty bad? Or I would have to think. I mean, Vance Joseph for Denver. There's Anth- only a few. Anthony Lynn for the L.A. Chargers. Mike Tomlin for the Steelers. Um, and then I'd have to think about. Not too many, though. It seems head. like mostly. That's, I would say. It's crazy that that's still an I issue in the sport at this point. At most eight, if I would really have to say, which would be about 25%, but I would doubt it is. Uh, I'd have to double check and go through every single team. And if you're looking oh, at assistance, uh, too, Todd, probably. Todd Bowles for uh-huh. the Jets. Um, we can look that up. Yeah, we can do that. I mean, that's podcast. not necessarily important. But yeah, I mean, it is. There that's is kind a, of important a big the disparity. Issue, that's a big. Especially issue. in the executive positions as well, uh, we see that problem in basketball as well. Though it's been getting a little bit better, but that's been a well. An basketball, issue there. they at least don't need to have a rule about it to make sure that you're looking at minority candidates. Right. I yeah. mean, that's a little different, but uh, eh, basketball is weird. It's a pretty progressive league right now. Right, and they've recognized that that's good for business. The NFL has not recognized that yet. They still got Goodell sitting in there. The yeah. Well, uh, I hopefully that helps. I guess uh, that rule is always going to probably be tweaked and, and altered and changed over the years. Uh, but let's talk briefly about Carson Wentz. The Philadelphia Eagles quarterback is now questionable now for this Sunday. He has a fa- fractured vertebrae in his back. It, it he might or should not need surgery if he takes the time to just rest and heal. That sounds pretty serious. If I'm the Eagles, I probably just shut him down for the season. You have Nick Foles who can win you games. And the likelihood of you making the playoffs is pretty slim. You'd have to jump the Panthers and the Vikings. And they're playing the Rams this weekend. Right. Well, not, well, not week, impossible. So. It would be very, very difficult for the Eagles to make the, uh, to make the playoffs. I just don't see it. The playoffs. Yeah, especially, like I said, you have to jump the Vikings and the Panthers. The Seahawks are pretty much almost in already. They're done, and the Packers are, yeah. are right there, too, just a half game. I got to say, I love my Seahawks this year. Yeah, they look good. They finally figured out how to run the football, and yep. the defense secondary is looks better incredible than, right now. Yeah, the defense has been better than most people expected. Uh, but what would you do with Carson Wentz? Would you want to play him if he could play? Not really. I kind of like Nick Foles, and uh, you know he's got a lot of experience. He was good in the playoffs last year. He looks like a big game kind of player to me, and uh, I haven't been that impressed with uh, Carson Wentz all year. Well, he came back early from his injury. I think that's an issue uh, i don't know if he necessarily should have done that but they it's were bad str- composure they, they were struggling that. at the beginning of the season it's as true. well they so struggled all year basically they, yeah the the super bowl hangover is is sort of real and they caught like kind of lightning in a bottle last year uh, but you, fra- let me Carson say though, is going to be the franchise quarterback for the next 10 years you want to protect true. him absolutely um i'm not too upset about philadelphia not being involved in the playoffs this year though why not i'm just sick of seeing all these philly teams do so well and they got villanova mm-hmm. I guess I don't really care about college teams, but well, they the, won. The Phillies have year, been I mean. kind of meh, and uh, the Sixers have had a really rough go of it the last few years. Phillies before, are making some big moves again, big waves in the off season though, and the yeah, Sixers definitely look Bryce pretty Harper. good. <laughs> yeah, they probably will pay Bryce Harper. Yeah, the Sixers are going to be uh, the team probably in, in that like city five for years. A bit. You know, yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, let's get into some of these games. Let's talk about your Seahawks. Oh, baby. Oh, that game isn't even on the list here. But let's talk about those Seahawks. Uh, yeah, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> they they beat the Minnesota Vikings on Monday they night this handled past them. week. It was a pretty uh, easy game for them, really. They were able to stop any, like, really big plays. And yeah. I mean, they had that back. T- I mean, it was a pretty close game until they had those back-to-back touchdowns. They strip-sacked 
Carson or uh, excuse me, Kirk, Kirk Cousins, Cousins, and got that touchdown. But they're in a right position. There, and they're in a was gr- game over. They're in a great position to win at that point. You can tell they kind of have that killer instinct. Maybe it's Pete Carroll or just like ex- you, you can just feel it always in the fourth quarter. They just come on. They have a lot of young guns. They're on, great at saying in games too. They just never. They're never really like blown out. Well, they've gone back to what made their team so successful during the initial years that Russell Wilson was there is running the football Absolutely. and playing good defense. And they do both of them right now. And they have so many decent running backs right now. It's just crazy. So many guys. Carson. Up. And they won this game with Russell Wilson throwing for 72 yards and in an interception. Yeah. And they won 21-7. to And good on Wilson for not throwing like an extra like 20 passes, trying to get up to 40 or something. It was just going crazy there. You yeah. Know? They, I mean, he rarely – makes mistakes generally he just does what they need to do to win it doesn't to them i don't think it matters if you win by 20 or if you win by three or one it you know they win a lot of close games yeah and they're gonna be a tough out if if when they go on the road in the the playoffs they're gonna have to play either the cowboys or the bears likely in one of those uh one of those spots i'll take them against the cowboys though the bears that'll be a rough game but even that one uh as long as you got trubisky going you got a shot i agree I, i mean it would be tough either way i mean I would be a little bit hesitant picking Wilson against that defense just because of the it's lack a, of tough, weapons yeah. that they have. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky has, you know, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Trey Burton, and they have a good two-headed running game. Not that Seattle doesn't have a good running game, but Doug Baldwin's been banged up all year. He's Wilson been good hasn't again been as good lately, when but he wasn't playing. Yeah. He missed the last couple games. you got to rely on uh, – And outside of that, they just don't really have any other skill position players that really make you afraid. They got that one dude, Aaron – what's his name? Aaron something. There was the Seahawks. Yeah, and he's good, but he drops passes in the end zone all the time, and it's been driving everybody crazy. It's like a Ted Ginn kind of thing. Are you talking about a receiver? Are you talking about Amara Darbo? Darbo? I don't even know if he's on that. No, team. Uh, uh, what's his name? I got it right here. Uh, David Moore. David Moore. All right. Not he had like a he had a couple winning touchdowns like earlier. In yeah, the year, like he, some big he's kind of come plays. on. I think it's his second year in the league. But now he's been just so hit or miss. It's one of those guys where you don't want to have to rely on like some guy that might have it every week. Oh, you know this with fantasy that. every week where it's like, oh, I can play this dude and he's either going to get like three touchdowns or he's going to do absolutely nothing. Yeah, I have that guy with Traquan Smith. That or like our boy from the – Robbie weeks. Anderson. Yeah, he had a touchdown, a late touchdown with the with Sam Darnold. And he, it was nice to see him back. It was nice to see him playing. Josh Allen has been back and all the rookie quarterbacks right now are still starting. Joe Flacco uh, might come back. We don't know. Uh, he was pretty gracious happened. about uh, moving to the bench. Did you see that? Yeah, I think he kind of just knows he's going to be a free agent, I believe, at the end of the season, or they're going to release him. Like, it's probably going to have to be over. He for can that. definitely get a starting job somewhere next year if he wants it. I think so. Let's move to another bird that lost the Packers in their first game without Mike McCarthy. Beat just obliterated the Falcons. Feel good. 34 to 20. It was 34 to 7 at one point. The Falcons scored 13 garbage time points in the fourth quarter. Matt Ryan threw for three touchdowns, but they didn't. They just, I mean, they just didn't come to play in this game. The defense didn't show up. Aaron Rodgers uh, threw for under 200 yards and had two touchdowns, but they just took them apart. Julio Jones uh, had a good game, though. Eight catches, 106 yards, two touchdowns. I think the Falcons are kind of phoning it in for the rest of the year now. I mean, they're obviously eliminated. They've been... They have not been the same since they lost. That's well, even in the Super Bowl, Shanahan decided to stop running the ball, and then ever since then, since he's left, they've been even worse. It's always when someone stops running the ball that things start to go wrong. Generally, and I think part of the issue is that they had a lot of injuries on defense. The defense isn't what it was a year, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. They lost the uh, like what three? I think three Pro Bowlers at the beginning of the season. 
But Matt Ryan is the second highest paid quarterback to Aaron Rodgers now. And this guy is not performing like an MVP. He is like a slightly, I mean, maybe not slightly, but he's an above average quarterback. But I just, I don't see him in that top tier. Do you put him on like the Matt Stafford tier maybe? A little little above that probably. I don't even know. I mean, if you gave Matt Stafford the teams that the Falcons, like if you gave him a defense and a running game, I mean, that's really what's what's been missing for Stafford for for a long time. Mm -hmm. If you gave him Freeman and Julio and gave him a decent defense like they had, I mean, I don't know. I I would probably take Matt Ryan a little bit ahead of a guy like Stafford. Guess we'll never know. But I believe that Matt Ryan is one of the most overrated quarterbacks in football. I believe that for a long time. I mean, he won the MVP a few years ago, and I still think that that was a little bit, you know, like I said, overrated. Kind of He's not elevating yeah. this team. And I know they lost Devontae Freeman, but they still have Edo Smith and Tre- uh, Tevin Coleman, who they severely underutilized both. And they just always have Matt Ryan, like, throwing the ball way too much, and that's just been their M.O. for years is that they, especially with Devontae Freeman out this year, they have just abandoned the run completely, and their defense suffered. And we, they're all, like I said, losing their offensive coordinator a couple years ago, they have not found a way to replace the magic that they had with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what else there is to say. That's about it. That's about it for the season for the Atlanta Falcons. Well, yeah, like I said, they were kind of done before, but that was a game that the Packers needed to stay in the hunt. Uh, a bunch of the teams lost. We saw the Panthers lost, the Eagles lost, Washington lost, and the Vikings lost. So yeah. the Packers winning just elevated them another game to sort of stay in the hunt there for that last wild card spot. Like I said, we pretty much know Seattle's got that one locked up. Let's move to the AFC South. The Houston Texans lost at home to the Indianapolis Colts a week after the Colts scored zero points. They went on the road and beat the Houston Texans 24-21. to The Texans had a chance with the Patriots losing that game if they had won to move into that number two spot and possibly get that bye week. But again, they blew it. The running game really didn't work. That's what the Texans have been the last several weeks kept them hot is Lamar Miller in that running game. Lamar Miller only had 14 carries for 33 yards and a touchdown in this game. Uh, and, and not that Indy did a whole lot better. Marlon Mack had 33 yards and a touchdown on 14 carries. So actually the same exact stat line. Uh, but Andrew Luck had a great game and threw for almost 400 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. Deshaun Watson just wasn't quite as good, and that was pretty much the difference in the game. Your boy T.Y. had a, another nice game. and Eric Almost Ebron, 200 yards. Eric Ebron caught another touchdown. Oh, man, that's getting insane. I mean, the guy's literally just been a touchdown machine, it seems. How like many does he have this year, like 12? Uh, I think he has more than that now. I'll have to double-check. I can look at it right now. He has been 12. just absolutely an awesome, awesome addition for them this year he right now has yeah he actually has 12 so yeah i mean that's a good number though the colts keep themselves alive in that wild card spot the titans are right there at seven and six Uh, the ravens are right there at seven and six after losing to kansas city and uh there's one more team why can't i think those two, the Titans and da, da, da. oh, the the Broncos were at six oh, and yeah, six as well, but they lost this week at. Uh, we talked about that game. They lost at the Niners. That was a gimme game, a trap game for them. They lost. It's gonna be a tough go. They have to play the Los Angeles Chargers in the last game of the season. Well, you know, I hate those Broncos. So you hate them, huh? Well, this year, I mean, I just don't like. I there's not anybody good. who says anything about them is just like just wait. It's not gonna happen this year. 
they yeah i, I mean i'm kind of with you I mean, they just weren't quite good enough we knew is it late enough in the, the year running to come game the running game, like that? the running game mm-hmm. was a lot better than we thought but the passing game suffered and the defense just isn't what it used to be but they're, they're a decent team they're going to be about a 500 team but that'll be about it they'll be better next year if they make the right moves i d- you know i'm just not sold on case keenum still but give them another year of seasoning and you know I'm with you they had an unlucky year too uh, let's uh let's talk about my Raiders a little bit here. They going back into your Raiders again. Yeah, well we gotta talk about this game. They beat know, the Steelers good, yeah. twenty-four to twenty-one at home. This was another game that the Steelers should have won. Uh, they were without James Conner, which to the chagrin of many fantasy owners like myself, were in the fantasy playoffs, lost him. Uh, they just couldn't run the ball. Jalen Samuels and Steven Ridley uh, combined for just over thirty yards rushing total. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster had a huge game, but they missed the game-tying field goal at the end where Chris Boswell it's slipped. It's only like a 35-yard or something. Um, Derek Carr for the Oakland Raiders has actually, after a horrible start to the year where at one point, I think through like week seven or eight, he was leading the league in interceptions, he has quietly sort of been mistake-free and injury, or excuse me, um, turnover-free uh, the last few games. And that looks like he had a great week this week. Yeah, and Jared Cook had another solid outing. He's really been the only offensive player that has had pretty much a consistent year for the Raiders. He had I'm seven catches, 116 yards. I'm loving Doug Martin lately, but only from a fantasy standpoint because he just keeps getting touchdowns. Yeah, he's really the only guy that they have that's going to be the goal line guy down there. So if they do end up being inside the five, I will say that's one of the things that the Raiders have done nicely compared to other teams is that they actually run the ball inside the five yard line and generally when they do that they've been actually pretty successful i like to see that you just kind of force it down the other team's throat a little bit it's nice yeah if you got the ball at the one or two yard line you can literally run it four straight times do you really think they're going to stop you four straight times like i highly doubt it yeah exactly that's why you do it (laughs) unless you're going like straight up the middle on every one of them but even then probably got a shot you got to get a push at some point yeah or just jump over the pile yeah all right, we got a couple more games to get into. Let's talk about the NFC East. The Eagles, with their game and season basically on the line, they went to Dallas and Gruger Hill or Gruger Hill uh, talked about how they were going to make the Cowboys choke, and they actually had a chance to win this game, but the Cowboys in overtime had an eight-minute drive and went down the field and just scored a touchdown. They went for it on fourth and one, which was sort of a controversial call. If they don't get that, that would have potentially blown the game. They could have kicked a field goal even still at that point, but they went for it. They got it. Uh, Dak They're Prescott. playing like a totally different team right now. Yeah, since the Amari Cooper trade, they've been solid. They're on a five-game winning streak right now. Or no. Five or four? I think it's four right now. I think they've won four out of the last five. I think that's what it is. Uh, but either way, Zeke Elliott had another 28 carries for 113 yards and Amari Cooper had a huge game 10 catches 217 yards three touchdowns the Eagles secondary is just absolutely ravished with injuries and ravaged ravaged with injuries and (laughs) the uh the issue is not going to get better for them anytime soon and now Carson Wentz has uh is injured as well we don't know if he's going to play and I think that's pretty much all she wrote I mean they could get lucky and win you know two out of the last three games and What's going Possibly. on with the Alshon Jeffrey right now? He had a touchdown, at least in this game, which saved me from a fantasy perspective. But uh, 
now that Golden Tate has been there, there's more miles to feed. Zach Ertz has been the number one wide receiver, even though he's the tight end there. He's been their number one target all year. So the pecking order is Zach Ertz, then probably Golden Tate. Then you have Elson Jeffrey, and you still got Nelson Aguilar there too. So they have a lot of weapons, a lot of options on offense, and they have Dallas Goddard as a nice second tight end. But I will kind of say the Eagles got kind of screwed a little bit with the play calling, or excuse me, the the officiating at the beginning of the game. Their kickoff, first kickoff, uh, Dallas Jordan Lewis ran it out and he fumbled the ball, and they ruled that it wasn't a clear recovery, even though there was only Eagles surrounding him. So Dallas got to keep the ball in the opening drive. That sort of set the tone, maybe. Uh, and then I hate a blown call anytime, any uh, sport. Yeah, and then later in the game, there was a really long touchdown from Dallas Goddard that got wiped out by a offensive pass interference call, which was just an absolute joke. There's been a ton of those this year, along the with the official. That is going to be the. I will mark my words. The number one thing that the NFL is suffering from is not protests. It's not necessarily concussions, even though those things are you know whatever have had an effect. All the brain it's, science. It is these new rules. And all of these penalties and how long these games go sometimes. I mean, there's been times like in this Eagles-Cowboys game, it was just like every play, every other play, they're throwing flags. And it's, just, it's not fun to watch. And it, it it's not it good. The and game most down of it, so much. And a lot of it is a lot of ticky-tacky stuff, similar to what the NF- NBA has been doing. Where it feels like the refs are just controlling the game. And the refs sh- shouldn't be controlling the outcomes of games. The refs should not be inserting them into the game. Inserting themselves. Yeah, we shouldn't know the names of the refs. I shouldn't yeah. be like, oh, that's that guy again. I yeah. just, I, I'm kind of just getting, you know, sick of that and all these rules that still continue to favor the offense get implemented. Everything's a first down, and they just, you know, it's a third and long, and someone commits uh, the super most ticky tacky thing in the world, and the next thing you know, it's a first down, and it's just, or it's just stupid. And you sometimes you see these replays, and you can you totally see that the call was completely wrong, but the hubris just keeps them from, uh, or it'll be some things you can't change after. The fouls already happened. Yeah, there's most of those you can't. Uh, I mean, once you, I mean, you can always pick up the flag. Uh, sometimes that happens with the officials. Or make that, a makeup call you, or something. That, they, uh, even that I don't necessarily love because then you're just making another bad call on another team. You, you see know? that in NBA more. I would just love to. Yeah, and I mean, uh, a f- couple free throws there doesn't necessarily change the outcome of a game. I mean, maybe late. Uh, but in the second quarter, a pair of free throws is not necessarily going to change the entire game. Whereas in these games, like again, when Dallas Goddard's you know sixty-five yard whatever it was touchdown got called back, like that's a huge game-changing play. Uh, so huge momentum shift. There. Exactly. Uh, but the Eagles' season, especially if Carson Wentz is done, is probably cooked with him. Uh, the Cowboys uh, goose is cooked. have now been yeah they are in the driver's seat in that division. I think they're they're going to obviously win that division. They're going to be probably the four seed in the NFC and have to play Seattle at home in the first game of the playoffs, and that's going to be a tough out for them. I'm going to take take my odds on Seattle on that one. All right, I like I like that. I, I would love to see that. Two really good defenses, two teams that run the ball really well, and I think it's going to come down to a lot of Pete Carroll. And do you trust Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson or Jason Garrett and Dak Prescott? Probably take Wilson and Pete Carroll every time. Dallas doesn't. Dallas doesn't necessarily have a great like home field advantage, so I'm not necessarily too worried about going there and trying to win. And, and Seattle doesn't I mind being the bad guy a lot of the time. I don't either. trust Jason Garrett in the playoffs at all. Yeah, so I'm with I'm I'm with you on that. It depends, I guess, how some of this looks in the next couple of weeks and how healthy these teams are. But if that's a matchup, I I would like Seattle. Let's move into some another team that had a really nice defensive week: the Bears. Despite Mitchell Trubisky, Biscuit, my man, no, he's not your my boy, man. <laughs> he's a boy. He had a, only 110 yards passing, three interceptions, had only one touchdown, 
and the Bears only scored 15 points, but it was enough because the defense was amazing. They intercepted Jared Goff four times. Four times, and I got their defense on. Uh, wait, no, never mind. I got yeah, the I Rams defense. I didn't, start, they had I didn't start the Bears defense this week because, you know, they're playing against the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, it didn't matter. Uh, Jordan Howard had a nice game, had 19 carries at 101 yards. They need to run the ball more effectively. I've been saying this for weeks. but You've been saying this since that. the show started. The Rams, again, it's in this game, now. it was 6-6 at halftime. And then in the third quarter, it never got more. You know, they were never down more than nine, and Todd Gurley had 11 carries. That's not – he's the number one back in the NFL, and you're going to give him 11 carries and basically a one-score game the entire game. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, especially when a, a game that Jared Goff is super often. He played terribly. So why not lean on the run and try to try to win that way? Well, they were, uh, were kind of dominated. The out of the gates, they were kind of dominated in this game, man. The Bears just really – handled him for some like completely the defense the defense was amazing in this game uh you know i i think it's an anomaly i know if the if they played again it yeah end up well and way. the rams will likely have the home field in the playoffs so the bears would have to go on the road there and Just you know but trubisky can't play like that again and expect to win you know same thing with jared goff he can't play like that and expect to win ever can't have throw <laughs> four interceptions <laughs> you're not gonna win have zero fantasy points yeah, that was, I mean, that's it was rough. a very, like I said, I'm a statistical anomaly just basically like across the board. Uh, but, again, they only ran the ball 12 times with running backs in the entire game, whereas the Chicago Bears ran the ball 28 times with their running backs, actually 29 times uh, with their running backs. And Mr. Trubisky had six carries himself. So they ran the ball well, and they won. And it's not really a surprise. And they played a little bit better They defense. grinded it out. They definitely slowed the pace down. Played at their their speed a little bit. I agree. Although they do kind of play, they do play an up tempo game. They're just not quite at the level of some of these high powered offenses. Let's move into the last game from Week 14, and we'll talk about another team that doesn't have a very high powered offense, but almost pulled it off. The Baltimore Ravens. Oh yeah, good, p- good went point. Went to Kansas City against the Chiefs and lost in overtime. The Chiefs pulled it out, 27-24. They played really well against Patrick Mahomes, even though he had 377 yards. Two touchdowns, seven interceptions. Spencer Ware filled in nicely for Kareem Hunt. That was uh, his first uh, absence, and he had 75 yards rushing on 15 carries, though he was out this past week. Lamar Jackson threw two touchdowns, had 147 yards passing, but 71 yards rushing. They played keep away from the Chiefs, and it almost worked. Yeah, it was. Uh, you could kind of tell that the Chiefs had some chinks in their armor that teams have kind of figured I think it's just a regular season thing. I think they're going to have a different game plan once you make it in the playoffs. But the Chiefs uh, seemed kind of beatable in this game, and then they went out, and you know you know what happened. They got beat this week. It was the Chargers, they a much up, better team. They gave up a, a terrible lead in the last few minutes of the game. I don't think that that's going to happen again. I don't think so either, but it just felt like they were due for a loss. I agree, and I mean, uh, the Ravens here – this was a game, had they won, that would have really put them in a nice spot, not only to get that wild card spot, but the, the Steelers, with the Steelers struggling, it's very possible the Ravens could, could have take made some the division mm-hmm. from the Steelers and uh, try to get a home playoff game to start. Um, they might have to play either the L.A. Chargers or uh, one of the other teams that come in comes in, like the teams we talked about, the Colts, the Titans, and the Ravens are there, or maybe the Steelers, depending on how that would play out. We talked about on the podcast whether or not you believe that San Diego, or excuse me, Los Angeles Chargers were a Super Bowl team if they could win the division and get home field advantage, but not if they have to go on the road for three straight games as a wild card team, right? Yeah, I don't see them doing it on the road for three games. 
as a home team for sure. I think it would be extremely difficult. They'd have to beat either the Texans or the Steelers or Ravens to start, which is doable. That's a tough game, though. Then they'd have to beat either New England or Kansas City on the road. That would be difficult. And then they'd have to beat another one of those teams uh, on the road. Yeah, another the amazing AFC championship game. That's pretty fairly unlikely, but to be honest, most of these teams, their Super Bowl runs are going to be unlikely. I suppose, There's yeah. a lot of parity. I mean, I guess we'll have now. to see what happens with Kansas City. So the Kansas City Chiefs, um, well, I guess let's get into the game from last night then. Sure. Kansas City Chiefs were up 28-14 on the Los Angeles Chargers in the last few minutes of the game, and the Chargers came back. They were down uh, 28-21. And then had a the fourth down Chiefs, conversion in there. Yeah, the Chiefs got the ball back and just did not do anything with that. They had three plays, went minus five yards, didn't burn any clock. Philip Rivers gets the ball back. They go down. They score again. And then they decide with four seconds left to go for the two-point conversion. Very ballsy move. They ran the same play that they ran with Mike Williams scoring earlier in the game, except they flipped the side of the field. Just mirrored it. They ran the same exact thing, and Mike Williams was in busted coverage. He was wide open in the end zone. The Chiefs blew the coverage, and that was the ball game. It couldn't have been easier uh, for for the Chargers just on that two-point Just kind of took them conversion. apart there at the end. They showed some great composure there. They did. They just weren't really afraid. You knew they just they aren't afraid of the Chargers is what it seemed like to me. You mean the Chiefs? Yeah. The Chiefs. That's yeah. Right. The Anthony Lynn after the game said that they've been in so many of these situations that they just believe that they're going to win. They don't really worry about it. They just think, yeah, like we're going to pull this out. And that's a, good, that's a good place to be in. Um, the Chiefs, though, right now, because the team split, the Chiefs won earlier in the season. They're both 11-3, and three, but the Chiefs are 4-1 and one in the division, and the Chargers are 3-2. and two. The Chargers finish up the their regular season at Denver for that last divisional game, and the Chiefs finish up the season against the Raiders for the last divisional game. I think they're going to beat the Raiders at Arrowhead, no question. So they'll have a 5-1 and one divisional record. It's just going to depend. So if Kansas City wins out, they're in. If uh, they win one of two, especially if they beat the Raiders, if they beat the Raiders and the Chargers only win one game, they would, again, have the tiebreaker. So it's very possible. that I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs basically control their own destiny. If they win out, they're for sure in and the number one seed. Could see the Chargers losing one of these. At the end of the year, every year, it seems like they have some sort of freak occurrence. Yeah, I mean they definitely do. This has been it's been talked about recently how they've been sort of that snake bitten franchise. That's a good word. Where they just yeah they can't necessarily pull it off. The or like beat the Chiefs and go out and beat lose to the Ravens next week or something. Yeah, the, the I don't Chiefs see have it happening. Go, but the Chiefs have to go to Seattle uh, next week. That is a very difficult game for them. Uh, the Chargers are home at the Ravens. So those are going to be two big tests for those two teams. If they're both able to pull it out, I think that the Chargers are more likely to lose to Denver in the last game of I the season right. than the because Denver beat them earlier in the season mm-hmm. than the Chiefs are to lose to the Raiders. But I don't, it's not going to matter if the uh, if the Chiefs win that game and they both lose. I mean, it, it, there's a couple scenarios that can play out, but both games are going to be both both games are going to be difficult for those AFC West. Opponents, though the Chargers get lucky and are on are at home. I could see to go on the road to play. I could see the Ravens playing them tough this week. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go out on a limb and just say the Ravens are gonna give a Chargers a run. Seattle's gonna copy a lot of what they did last week and do sort of what the the Ravens did as well is just run the ball down Kansas City's throat, keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes, limit their possessions, and try to go that way. 
Are you still on the Chargers bandwagon? You're going to pick them to win the division? Yeah. I mean, you can't jump off now, I guess, since they won. I'm I'm definitely on it. I just also, I look forward to them, like, dropping the baton at the finish line or something, you know? Yeah. Some sort of sports metaphor like that. Totally forgot to talk about that the Seahawks, after they beat the Vikings, that the Vikings fired John DiFilippo. Forgot to mention that. He's the offensive coordinator for for the Vikings, and... He was fired after their loss to Seattle. Or yeah, to Seattle. That Vikings team has just disappointed everybody this year. The Vikings last year were second in rushing attempts. This year they are, I believe it was 29th, and I think they're like 30th in run design percentage. They just aren't running the football. They haven't been effective, and Kirk Cousins has been turning the ball over recently, and he's been the guy basically we all I all thought he was. He's a good but not great quarterback. He's not going to take you over the hump. He's not necessarily going to be exactly the reason you lose, but... He doesn't demand a lot of respect from the guys playing behind him because he makes a lot of bumbling mistakes. Yeah, like that was why I wasn't a big fan of his to begin with. That was was why I wasn't a huge fan of giving him all that money, all guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, he'll have, you know, two, like, silly fumbles in a game, and it's just like, how do you do that? How do you do that twice in a game? He, he makes... I think too, it's untimely, you know. Yeah, that's mistakes, right. you know. In that in that game where Seattle scored, okay, it's still close, and next thing you know, boom, they just put up 14 points in under a minute on you, and the game is over at that point. So Cousins, and has as a quarterback, you gotta, that. yeah, you definitely have to try to control the ball. You gotta play a more thoughtful game or something. You gotta be thinking about what you're more cautious, something like that. It just seems like he just blows his. I don't want to say blows his water. You <laughs> want to say that in the radio? I think so. It's like in the third quarter or something. You know, he's just like, it's too excited and like does something stupid. And I would hate to be watching. Like if that was my quarterback, I'm like, eh, this is tough for me to watch this team right now. The, I think a big issue is even though the offensive line hasn't been quite as good as it was last year, you have to commit to the run, first of all. But secondly, he has Adam Thielen, who's been one of the best, if not the best, receiver in football this year. It's been incredible. He has Stefan Diggs, who's also extremely talented. One of the best. And got a big contract extension. He has Kyle Rudolph, a really solid tight end, who's Under, severely totally underwise. Yeah. yeah. He has Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray at the running back position. He has all the weapons that he needs. He has more weapons now than he did when he was in Washington. He might not have quite the line, but... Either way, He's got a good this line. guy needs to – it hasn't been as good this year. Yeah, this year they've year. been kind of down. But the defense has been a little down too. But either way, the the Vikings have been severely um, – Disappointing? Yeah, they have not met anywhere near their expectations. The, the The division was their expectation. They were supposed to be better than the Bears. You know, I think I pegged the Bears at 7-9 and nine this year. Though after the MAC trade, we probably should have bumped them up a win or two but either way i don't think we saw them winning the division it was gonna be between the vikings and the packers i remember liking every one of those teams in that division at the beginning of this year and now coming away it's just the bears that's it well i mean those two teams the the bears are going to be in and then either the vikings or the packers have a very good chance uh, to make it into the last wild card spot in the nfc i guess you should always put your money on the packers in that situation i usually always do like you were telling me last year all right, let's switch gears here. Let's talk about the NBA, yeah? Oh, wait, one second. We got to talk about our fantasy football. Oh, yeah. So next week, I think we're going to try to do... Try to get our finally uh, finalists have, in here. Yeah, we have two finalists. So Justin and I are actually both in the playoffs and in the semifinals. Yeah, I didn't know what I was doing because I didn't know football that well. But uh, it's possible Better now. one of us or both of Swear. us might not might lose. Uh, so we have the it's two Final finalists, uh, our friends Nick and your cousin My cousin Brandon. Brandon. 
Brandon Glass. He's they will guy. be coming onto the show. I'm gonna try to say next week. If not, we'll have to do it two weeks from now. Um, and they will get to th- we'll get to talk about the fantasy football season and playoffs. They'll get to talk a little bit about their favorite teams. Maybe we just shoot the crap a little bit with them. If one of them win the title, they will get to choose what jersey they want. That'll be a big moment. There. We should unveil it. On, we should do a video or something on Facebook. That, yeah, that would be kind of nice. That'd be a good idea. Yeah, we'll Why have to not? do that. Well, so that's the plan. If not, th- if not next week, then the week after. Uh, so we'll we'll maybe make a little longer podcast next week, Christmas stuff, so that they can. Um, Christmas might throw some people off. That. It might. Just but a little either bit. Way. My, I mean, my cousin's a family man. They need to grace us with their presence. On they Christmas. will get them here. He <laughs> said, hell yeah, I want to be on your show. I need so. to stop making that joke. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, talk about some breaking news that actually has just happened in about an hour or so before we went on air. Trevor Reza, the Suns uh, forward who was signed this year to a one-year $15 million deal departing from the Houston Rockets. It's a guy you feel like would have made a difference somewhere. <laughs> Anywhere but basically. <laughs> yeah. He has now been traded to the Washington Wizards, a team he used to play for several years ago. But uh, this is a three-team deal. The Wizards are trading away Kelly Oubre, who I really like. I love Kelly Oubre. He is going to the Grizzlies. Austin Rivers from the Wizards is going to the Suns. And then the Grizzlies are sending Wayne Selden and Marshawn Brooks to the Suns. Uh, the Grizzlies, uh, a twenty, the Grizzlies' twenty twenty second round pick and a conditional twenty nineteen second round pick go to Washington. So they basically trade out Ubre and Rivers, bring in two p- potential second round picks and Trevor Reza. What do you think about this deal? I love this trade for Memphis. Ubre is really the only player that actually moves the needle for me. Especially Ariza, I like him, but Washington sucks. They're not gonna do anything with or without him, and he's on a one year deal. But I think. Fi- Memphis is kind of going for it. They were hoping to put like another uh, dynamic backcourt player in there. Like they think this might be their year. I like Ubre as a basketball player. I like his fit on the Grizzlies. He plays solid energy defense. My concern he could, is he could break out. Yeah, my concern is they're gonna have to pay him very soon. Yeah, and Memphis knows what they're getting themselves into. I think that's kind of the thing they did they're last year sort of with Tyreek. I mean, they had him and they didn't want to pull the trigger on getting rid of him. And this year now they've added. Uh, Added Kelly Oubre, young talent to the core with Conley and Gasol, and I like that team a lot better. With him. they're already a pesky team. Like I hate playing against Memphis. The they got length at every position, and they the only issue is going to be can their two star players stay healthy? Can Gasol and can Conley is. stay healthy throughout the season? If they can't, this team. I mean, I don't think they're going to be where they're at. Well, that's at kind the of the, of the year. That's the issue with most most teams, though. Like if one of your best players goes down, basically any well, team yeah. is going to be kind of screwed. That. Uh, but not every team has two, two guys super, old guys super injury prone yeah. Old guys. Yeah. Um, so you said you like that. Basically you thought the winner of the deal is the Grizzlies. What do you think about this deal from the Wizards side? Uh, they must grabbing need to, Trevor. Ariza. They must need to change in the locker room. Ariza, I feel like he's probably got a commanding presence. He's been there before. He knows all the guys. Like that's why Phoenix brought he's him a in. good leader to bring in. Yeah. Phoenix is always, always grabbing guys like that, that are just like older and Tyson Chandler, Tyson Chandler, Grant Hill, uh, Jared Dudley. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Jared Dudley. I like Dudley, too. He's like a coach on the floor. And that's kind of what I feel like Ariza kind of has to offer. It might be. I feel like it's too late to turn that Wizard season around, but they could sneak into like an eight seed or something and just lose in the first round. Yeah. Maybe they don't want to pay Ubre and continue their salary cap. Just dive into obscurity. Ubre's a little redundant with their other. I mean, 
Everyone I would have rather got. I mean, I guess it depends on what you're gonna have to eventually pay Uber because I would have rather dealt Auto Porter. I mean, Auto Porter would have has a, a much higher salary, so this wouldn't have been able necessarily to work right. this move. They're probably gonna keep dealing. But what about swap? They could have swapped like. Well, I, I'm assuming yeah, the Grizzlies wouldn't have wanted to take on, you know, all the money from Auto Porter. But I was gonna say you could have earned the Suns or whatever. Yeah, that, I don't think that that'll work. I I think one of the only teams that I could see taking Auto Porter would be the Suns. He look. Good down there. Yeah, but why eat up your cap space for him? Yeah, it's true. Well, because they got to pay somebody, I guess. Yeah, but <laughs> like a soft no, cap bro. or something. No, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's why they paid Ariza this year, isn't it? It was a one-year deal, though. I don't really necessarily understand this move from the Wizards' perspective because you're taking on some money. Well, I guess they got rid of Rivers. I kind of forgot about that. I guess Sadoransky will have to play some more minutes as a backup guard. But yeah. I just think Wall and Beal need to be broken up. This, I mean, yeah, getting Trevor Reza might help you in the short term this year to do what? Maybe sneak into the playoffs. Eight even or seven seed at best, that, right? I mean, I, I, don't was even surprised, see it. I was surprised the Wizards were the team that swung a deal for him. I would have thought it would have been, a, like, a solid playoff contender. I mean, yeah, the, me the Wizards are, like, a fringe playoff team right now. And you know Ernie Grunfeld's not smart enough to make this move, like, with foresight that he's going to, like, flip Ariza at the break or something? Like, some more intelligent yeah. GM, I would think, like, you're going to... But Grunfeld just gets burnt constantly. He always has. He's got burnt since he was here in Milwaukee. Just made some of the worst deals you've ever seen. Well, I mean, basically, like I said, they sent out Rivers and Ubre, and they got Ariza and two second-round picks. So, that I mean, sounds maybe they're good. thinking they got some second-round picks out of it. That's all right. I I don't know. I, um... I would have rather liked to keep a re or a Ubre. He is in his fourth year. He's going to be a restricted free agent. He's only 23, though, and he's averaging a career-high 13 points despite being in the bench. So he'll probably start, like I said, for, for Memphis. And he, I like him as a player. It's nice for and Memphis, too, because they can bring Dylan like Brooks the off the bench now. He yeah. was a little overexposed. He's oh, been playing too much. Absolutely. They have a bunch of guys. Well, if you remember when we were talking about the beginning of the season, one of the reasons I hated Memphis was because they didn't have enough wing talent. They didn't have yeah. anyone to guard, you know, all these wings in the West. And all the so dominant, far, it apparently like, hasn't been an issue. Uh, but now getting Ubre as to fill in the wing area gives them so much more talent on the wing, uh, and it really improves their their basketball team. Yeah, definitely. And he definitely offers something on that team that they didn't have before. They need like that dynamic, young, like electric player. Some teams are just lacking like that highlight kind of factor that gets the momentum going and keeps your yeah. You know, he's he can make plays that nobody else in the that Memphis team can make. Well, let's go from one team winning a trade to another team absolutely losing a free agency signing. Oh, good. The Chicago Bulls have decided that since Lori Markkinen is back and in their starting lineup, that and Jabari Parker, good. their highest paid player at $20 million this season, will no longer be part of the rotation and no longer see minutes. They learned a lot of things that, as a Bucks fan, I could have easily told you. Going into the season, like Jabari Parker can't play the three. He can't can play defense. He can't play defense. He can't really play the four either. Like defensively, he can he can play the four. He can stay in front of people, but he just doesn't he doesn't rebound. Doesn't play defense. Um, he's always out of doesn't, position. Doesn't shoot the three enough. He doesn't have like any basketball IQ. He just he's lost like constantly on plays. He doesn't use that his athleticism like you'd expect. Like he goes for big dunks every once in a while, but you've never seen him like try to block a shot or oh go for God, a rebound. No. It's just painful and. Um, I could have told you told you that Chicago was gonna hate this guy, but we, I mean we both slammed the move at the time. Uh, at least he hasn't like just stay healthy, Jabari. But uh, you're gonna end up in like China or something. He is shooting a career worst forty five percent from the field. 
It's like playing like Car- Carmelo Anthony out there is what he's doing. He's not shooting his worst three-point percentage, though. It's at 29%, 29.3% so far this year. It's uh, it's ugly. And uh, he is shooting from the line only 72%, averaging 15 points and about seven rebounds and two, a little under two and a half assists a game. Do you see any team where he makes sense right now? Because I can't think of one. No. I Not even Sacramento. I've never been a really fan. I've never been a really big fan of his game because as he was coming out was around the time that teams were switching to this three-point small ball thing, and there was a lot of excitement, especially when the Bucks drafted him, about being sort of that three-slash-small ball four. But with the way that the league has gone, there's a huge emphasis on versatility and defense, and if you're not a three-point shooter and you can't play defense... And you're not a guard. And, you, yeah, you're not you know bringing the ball up or handling the point, like... What what does Jabari Parker do well what that he, he brings offer? to your team? Hmm. You know, we were saying the same thing about Melo during the offseason. Like, what it's exactly does Melo bring you that you can't get either A, cheaper anywhere else, or B, a guy that doesn't want 25, 30 minutes a night? Yeah, Jabari yeah, Parker yeah, is averaging 30.1 minutes a, a, a night right now. And just doing nothing. He's playing in his hometown crowd. He's got the chance to be the star of that team, and he just, you know, he blundered it. Like, that was his last real... <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen to this guy. His his PER this year is 12.6. League average is 15. Or is it 16? It might be 16, but I think it's Either 16. way, he has a negative win share, which is crazy. And his career PER is only 15.9. So he's I'll take him back a, on the Bucks for a, a year on the qualifying offer. Well, that's that's what I said that they should have done. and He, pl- he would have played himself out of the rotation by now anyway. I understand though. that the Bucks knew he wasn't going to fit, and they just said, okay, this is... We're, and you we're called better Peter Fagan out on this, like, to his face. No, I didn't. You were like, Peter Fagan. Well, I asked him why they helped him, or, like, why they essentially rescinded that, because they yeah. could have either got something for him in a they trade... They were in the driver's seat. They could have got... Yeah, they could have got something... For, like, why did you link, relinquish the control? Because you were in the driver's seat. You had him restricted. You could have... Um, you could have traded him if you wanted to. You could have got something for him. Like that was my question. Was could have why forced him didn't to take you? the qualifying. Right. And he just basically I mean, he said, you know, that they wanted to have an environment where people wanted to play there. And so if you're just forcing players, you know, I understand that I understand that perspective. That does actually make sense. I um I just didn't think that, you know, I thought that you could have got something, maybe not substantial for Jabari Parker, but I feel like someone would have been stupid. Like, if if the Bulls were stupid enough to pay him 20 mil a season, like, mm-hmm. you really don't think you could have got a draft pick for him or just, like, something? Even a, a second-round pick would have been better than, than nothing. You're right about that. Uh, one quick thing. Yeah. Talking about uh, Chris Middleton's been falling out with the uh, coaching staff oh, in I'm Milwaukee. Oh, I'm well aware. I have him on fantasy, and he has been shooting terribly He's recently. Been He's been god-awful. He's a shooting slump. Uh, yeah, apparently but he does enough. Otherwise, go ahead. I've been hearing all the well, the rumors are saying that uh, like behind the scenes, he's been really button heads with uh, a lot of these assistant coaches, and it makes no sense because we got some super likable guys. It's guys that Budenholzer just had like along with him for this whole ride. Like Darvin Ham seems like the nicest, coolest dude. At, like I don't know who he's fighting with right well, now. Well, it's tough to fight with your coach when your coach is basically overachieving with your team. Right. Like, if you're winning games and you're clashing with the coach, it's probably because you're salty because you're not getting your numbers. And we've seen that with a number of, like, sort of selfish players. But if you're losing and, you know, they're talking about how they're being underutilized, sort of like Embiid right now where he's talked about how he's frustrated he's not being used since Butler's been dumb, there. man. Just but change your role. They're 10-3. and three. 
Yeah. So they're winning games, and you know, so it's kind of a weird dynamic where players also want to contribute, but you know, there's that line that they don't want to cross. But it, it's tough. I mean, you want to win; it's that's what it's about. But you also want, you know, the credit for winning. I guess with all the hard work that these guys put in. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he defended Kawhi Leonard pretty well. He defended Durant well. Middleton, they put him on him. He's a solid player. The issue is going to be in the off season how much money he wants. Yeah. I mean, he's not a max player. I'm not sure anyone gives him a max, but he's not a max we'll see. player. We'll see. You never know. This league is crazy sometimes, be, but I hope they're smarter now. I think he'll be an all-star. I think he. Year. I think he. Well, he should be, but we'll, they got the at way least, it's going right now, who knows? They've got to at least probably pick two all-stars from the Bucks, Bledsoe's right? Bledsoe's looked awesome. Yeah, he's been shooting the like ball much be better with, with Budenholzer there. Scoring better, like. too. But again, he's a free agent at the end of the season, yeah. too. They're going to have to Everyone decide, is. do they want to keep Bledsoe and do they want to keep Brogdon. Brogdon and Middleton, although Brogdon will be restricted. I do love Brogdon, so I hope they hang on to him. Let's talk about, uh, speaking of contracts and maybe extensions, the Nets, Brooklyn Nets, signed Spencer Dimwitty to an extension, a three-year, $34 million deal. What do you think about that? I love Dinwiddie, man. He's a real hard worker. He reinvented his game. Coming out of uh, college, he just looked like a tweener kind of wing. Like Colorado. A six, yeah, like he's he's a taller guy, but he couldn't really shoot. Well, I mean, he, he was he was uh, supposed to be that that point guard, but that was the knock well, on him was that he couldn't shoot the three. Well, yeah, and he couldn't really run the. I mean, he's, his handle is so much better now, and because he shoots, he can space the floor, and you got to play him for the jump shot, which creates so much space. Like he's just so much better of a. It's like Will Barton just came back one year and was just like night and day. Yeah, his first two years when he played with Detroit, granted it was only forty-four games over two years, so small sample minutes. size. He mm-hmm. was shooting from three. 18 and then 10 percent in the three years that he's been in brooklyn he's shooting 37 32 and 37 percent from three pretty dramatic transformation he's shooting 47 percent from the field this year that's his efficiency numbers have been just better i know he's not shooting the three as well about league average but, but because as a guard he's shooting 47 percent mm-hmm. as a point guard like that's that's a really solid move and he's only been a starter for three games this year well, i think he's kind playing, of mixing he sh- and matching his role he shoots pretty high volume too i think which is a. Uh, it's more impressive when you look at the shooting He's numbers. He's averaging only 12 shots a game. That's not too many. I think that's pretty That's pr- pretty many. I mean, that's a decent amount. Like, He's scoring 17 points It's good for game, his efficiency, so, yeah. I'm saying, like to still be shooting that Right, well. exactly. Uh, I'm, I've been impressed. Um, I'm, we both know, like him, right? Yeah. I, you know, That's about, I guess, what a backup point guard gets paid. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We saw Dirk also make his... His uh, season debut. Season debut yesterday didn't really go so well for them, but um, didn't really go anywhere. Actually, it was a terrible game for Dallas. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Lost um, to Phoenix. Yes, they did, and it was uh, Phoenix had a ten-game losing streak going, so that got snapped. Uh, I was Whew, Somebody's got to snap that. But we got to get going here. Unfortunately, there's a lot more to get into. We'll talk. Go- we'll talk Rudy Gobert and the refs on the podcast there will be more about that till then so this has been top of the key everybody reminder to follow or listen to us next week from 10 to 11 p.m central time on riverwest radio find our itunes page has all of our archived shows and our archived podcast look at top of the key you'll see it we are out there uh check out our facebook facebook.com we are out there podcast find us on twitter stuff on sports i'm at justin wxrw and we'll like i said be back uh next week same we're time, gonna have the, same we're gonna have the podcast channel. going on too because there's so much going on right now. Like I said, hopefully we'll have those guests. Um, we got a lot week. coming, man. We got a lot for you. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, I was gonna say we got a lot of S for that A. Well, you know, good luck uh, in the fantasy playoffs this week. We'll uh, maybe meet in the finals. See you in the finals, and I I'll see all you guys in the finals too. Oh yeah, sure. how are you gonna do that, listeners? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have all a right, clever uh, thing. See you. Uh, see you next week, everybody.